often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 489. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting inside the Slapbox penthouse yet again for the first episode of 2022. This is uh, recording it on New Year's Day. First, January 1st, 2022. Hopefully it's not quite the dumpster fire of the last two fucking years. Here's to open that. I guess there's no way to make that a resolution. I don't know that I have any real effect over <laughs> the year in itself. I can have an effect on my year, I guess. Not quite the year of for everyone involved. But, uh, yeah, we're in it. We're in the 2022. Two, the twenty-two, and uh, uh, I've got I'm slightly got a hangover today, man. I had to skip running. I don't skip running when I'm going on a training pro- program, which I am currently. So I'm just gonna add the miles that I was supposed to do today, tomorrow. Not so much because the hangover. There was a combination of things. The weather is shitty outside, cold and rain. And I was afraid there might be sections of ice, like in in parts, but uh, I think it's still slightly above freezing, so I probably would have been all right there. But seven miles when I wasn't feeling real hot <laughs> in the cold rain just didn't sound like the greatest idea. So tomorrow, I guess I'm gonna run 21 miles, which probably isn't a great idea, not a real great idea. But hey, you know, and it's still gonna be fucking cold. Possibly raining. <laughs> Great idea. But I stayed up late for New Year's Eve. I went over to Jackman's place where the Slapbox bunker uh, was. It Now the basement's uh, completely torn apart where, where the bunker was. Like it's been opened up. Like the whole basement's opened up. He's doing a lot of work in there. And uh, he had a... Uh, a fake casino set up in the basement. That was fun. We had, uh, we were all given poker chips. What was supposed to be a thousand dollars worth of poker poker chips. We weren't playing with actual money. It was just chips. And then there there was prizes at the end for whoever had the most money got to decide a prize first. And we went on down the line. And uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I started out strong. Started out strong. And uh, I made it a point to end with zero. <laughs> Pretty sure I was the only one to end with zero. The Jackman gave me the remainder of his chips at the end, which I was like, damn it, I wanted zero. I worked hard for zero. I kept letting everything ride out on seven. They had uh, different tables set up. Uh, there was the roulette table, which ended up being the most popular table. Um, most Everybody there ended up hovering around the roulette. And uh, I started with some roulette. Didn't have much luck there at the roulette. And it, I didn't feel like it uh, was, I don't know, you know, I guess you can win some big money, but it's, it seemed like small, small payouts unless you hit the exact number, which I was letting it ride on seven early when I first started doing roulette. But then I went away, went to the craps table. 
had set up. And I did strong on crafts. I had doubled my money at one point. I had like two grand in chips. And then uh, <laughs> then things went downhill a little bit. Uh, it was, you know, the field. I was playing the field. And it was going really well for me at times. Playing the field was really working out. I mean, you know, what can you say? And then sometimes the field will just fuck you. Fuck you right in the ass. And I started uh, <laughs> doing pretty bad <laughs> at one point. And, uh, you know, it's funny how that works, like, when you have different shooters. Like, uh, and there was children playing this, again, not with real money. We were just teaching them how to gamble. So once they're of age, they can, you know, lose their house and home uh, from gambling. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> there was this one kid, uh, Braden, that was, I mean, he was doing good. That's when I doubled my money. He was, I was ready to take him to the east side and show him what a real casino looked like. I was like, hell yeah, let's go play some real craps. Uh, that thankfully, I didn't, you know, actually do that yet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, then after he, after we got different shooters, it, it, it wasn't working out for me. Wasn't working out for me. Didn't matter if I bet on the pass line or the don't pass it just it went opposite of everything i was betting it seemed and i was down at uh by the time i left the craps table i was down to like 500 in uh in chips after being up by like i had was up to like 2000 and then uh played some card games that weren't working out so well for me uh or one card game the in between that that wasn't so nice but then uh Texas Hold'em, I got a little bit of money out of. I uh, earned some more money back. But at this point, I was like, <laughs> I wasn't too concerned about getting the prizes and stuff. You know, I was fine with everybody else getting the prizes. So I was like, I just want to make some really bad decisions. Make it, you know, because if I go to a real casino, I'm not going to have the balls to uh, put all of my money, like especially if I had, you know, $500, $600, grand, whatever. I'm not going to let it all ride on the roulette table or anything in real life so uh, like I figure I gotta in this instance do it just uh, make some extremely uh, crazy bets and uh, kind of experience what it would be like to be a really bad gambler you know if I had a bad problem with it Um, (laughs) so uh, and what's weird though with me even making that, but when I would lose, it would still feel bad. Even though I wasn't concerned about getting any of the prizes, like losing felt bad. Not as bad as it would have been had I had my own real money, but it was still like, oh, I wanted to win. And, uh, you know, I only had that brief period where I was winning and I didn't walk away. I kept going. So then at the end, I was like, you know what? We're like, let's ride it all. Write it all on seven. And I did like three bets in a row where it was like hundreds of dollars on seven until I got to zero. <laughs> seven never fucking came up. I was waiting for it too, like the next roll after I let uh, I zeroed out that they would just uh, <laughs> hit seven. It didn't happen, thankfully. And then uh, after we were all done, because uh, we played until midnight, and then we counted to see how much money everybody had. And uh, <laughs> I was really uh, 
really uh, still wanting to hit seven on that roulette wheel. I was like, what if I'd roll it? What if I'd roll the, the ball up there? And and I did it. It took me four or five times to finally roll, hit a seven. Like, shit, maybe I should have not, not done that, perhaps? I don't know. Seven's a good number for me, though. It's my lucky number. Apparently not when it comes to gambling, but... Again, I did hit seven eventually when rolling, so maybe the story is don't bet at all at one time. Just keep riding a certain amount. And uh, I guess there's no good lesson in that. <laughs> Gambling is bad. Uh, had had I really had... I've been betting real money. You know, there could have been like, oh, bad decisions made. Like, hey, uh, you want you want the lease for my car here? Uh I'll just sign it over to you. Well, it's not leased, but, you know, I'll just, uh, I've paid a year on a five-year loan. You could just, uh, take over a payments for me and, uh, have the car. <laughs> I'll sign my mortgage over to you. You know, there's options when you're completely broken. Need to prevent them from breaking your legs. But again, thankfully, we weren't using real money. And my experiences with actually gambling in real life, it, uh, well, it, for real. I mean, obviously, I did that for real life last night. But uh, going to casinos, I find I do not like losing money at all. <laughs> uh, so whenever I've gambled in the past at casinos, I'll always take... Uh, 20 to $40. I'll take it out in cash and then say, this money is gone. <laughs> and if I somehow double it or make more money and, you know, if enough time has passed, I'll be like, okay, I can go. And that that's awesome. That'd be awesome to win some money. But I'm assuming this money is already gone and it's money that I can afford to lose. And just chalk it up to a good good fun night out. That's what I would used to do. And I, I haven't had any real desire to want to go to a casino uh, in the last, I don't know, two decades pretty much. I was in my 20s. Uh, well, I might have been in my early 30s. I'll give it. Uh, it it might have been less than 10 years since the last time I've gone to, to a casino in real life, other than the buffet. I've been to casino buffets fairly recently. Um, but going going to a casino to gamble, I I really haven't done it a whole lot, and it's just putting money and and losing. Even though there was you know always betting with money that I could afford to lose, it was just like, uh, yeah, I lost that money. All right, let's go. <laughs> I lost that twenty dollars or forty, whatever it was. Never did I go. You know what? I'm feeling hot. I feel like I can make this co- make a comeback. Let's go to the ATM. Let's empty it. Because I could double that money, right? That's how that works. It's possible. No, thankfully, I do not have that problem. <laughs> do not have that problem. And I was actually uh, hitting some uh, gin and tonics last night. Maybe that helped me uh, put it all on seven and ride with it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Had a lot of food, a lot of good food over there. I made some hamburger casserole last night. I ate way too much. I think eat, the eating of the food, because I ate way too much food. Had some pot roast, 
uh, buffalo chicken dip. I kept eating all fucking night. And uh, <laughs> I think that really helped me not feel great today because it took a while for me to finally shit, and I felt so much better after that. But uh, I feel like I probably would have ran had I not done all that. Maybe slightly less on the gin and tonics. And I would have been able to put up with the nasty weather today and just fucking done it. Uh, but as it is, uh, damn it, I skipped out on the run. So now I have to do a fucking really stupid long run tomorrow. Which I shouldn't be doing until the end of my uh, training program or near the end. Uh, as it is, though, I'm going to force myself to go a little bit further tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully I don't destroy my legs. But hey, one of the prizes I did get... Uh, for playing the casino games last night is a foot massager deal that's uh like if there's water I haven't really attempted to use it yet I figured I'd use it maybe after a long run like tomorrow and uh, you put water in there and it's supposed to like massage your feet I they there were say there were several people there that had their own and were saying they're really fucking good I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm sure if I do run 21 miles tomorrow, my feet might feel a little jacked up. So that could come in really handy, really handy. And, uh, you know, my feet in general sometimes, they need a little little TLC, a little tender loving care. <laughs> uh, it was a fun night last night, though. It was a good uh, New Year's Eve. Good way to rock in the new year. Um but, uh, yeah, fuck you, 2021. You're in the rearview mirror now. You can go fuck off, bastards. Uh, <laughs> but uh, other than that, you know, um, I watched Book of Boba Fett on Wednesday. That was exciting. I was uh, quite glad to see that. I was needing my Star Wars fix. It had been too long. It had been, you know, whenever... Uh, I guess season two of Mando came out. What I guess that was last. It'd be like last November of 2020 or whenever the fuck that came out. I feel like it was Christmas time around 2020, somewhere around there, around the holidays. It'd been a good long time since we'd seen Star Wars, new stuff. So got to see the Boba and him getting out of the Sarlacc pit. I felt like uh, there was the beast that he strangles to death, much like Leia strangled Jabba to death, which I'm already spoiling the episode. But I feel like this episode, there wasn't anything too shocking. It seemed like seeing what we knew pretty much happened. It's kind of how I felt about it. But it was good. I liked it. Uh, and... <laughs> uh. But anyway, the uh, creature that was Goro-like is what I've heard a lot of people describe the creature as, that he strangled to death uh, while the Tuscan was forcing him to uh, dig for water. It uh, has arms like Goro for Mortal Kombat, the uh, multiple arms there. Um, but I felt it looked kind of like old school, like, uh, was it Ray Harryhausen? Or whatever... Uh, name it they're you know like the old school stop motion monsters uh from like uh, clash of the titans and and shit like that 
the old school stuff. I feel like it came out, it was almost like an homage to that. Just the look of it, I felt. It didn't quite look stop motion. I mean, it looked very CG. But I had felt it looked like a lot of the old school looking monsters. If uh, that makes any sense. <laughs> ah, Boba. It was good to see him. A little bit of action. A little bit of action in there. Could have gone for a longer episode, you know, right out of the gate. You'd think they'd go a little bit more than 37 minutes or whatever it is. but. And I have heard a lot of people complain, which I kind of feel like they're probably right on this. It seems like Boba is pretty soft, which I guess in the Mandalorian Season 2, he did seem already kind of soft, whereas the Boba... That we don't get to know Boba much in the original trilogy, it would seem that he didn't really give a shit as far as like uh, hurting people and stuff. I mean, there's the whole line where Vader looks at him and says, "No disintegrations," and that was a horrible Vader voice. But uh, and we know that we get the impression that he did disintegrate some pla- people. Where I I don't remember if it's official or not, but it was uh I guess led to believe that Boba had uh disintegrated uh the uh Skywalker family there. His uh, uh Anakin's was it uh, brother, I guess. Would have been Luke's uncle, Uncle Owen. And uh basically Luke's uh, p- family that raised him, that uh, they were disintegrated. I feel like that at least it was implied that it was Boba that did that. Um, there might have been somewhere in canon where they confirm it, but uh, Boba, it seemed like just a dark character. It's weird. It's kind of weird hearing, hearing him talk and stuff, be more vocal where he's just this silent uh, bounty hunter. Uh, from what we know before Mandalorian. And he was a, a bit of a hard ass, as it were, I guess. Either way, though, I don't like even with the softer Boba, I hope he does do some more shit where he's uh, hurting people. I mean, he's a fucking crime lord now. He took Jabba's place. He should be ruthless to some extent, right? If you're gonna If you're going to be a successful daimyo, a fucking crime lord here. You got to rule with an iron fist to some extent, I would imagine. I mean, I've watched enough Narcos <laughs> to get an impression of what you kind of need to do to be a good crime boss or successful. I don't know that there's any quote-unquote good crime bosses, meaning, you know, I think you might give the illusion that you're a good person, but you're, again, you're a crime boss. <laughs> like uh, Pablo Escobar, you know, he, uh, from what I understand, sold it to the people that he would. Uh, he was a good guy by doing a lot of stuff for poor people, which he did do, but then again, it was, I think, a PR move for him, whereas he did horrible shit, murder, had people murdered all the time. And uh, really ruled shit with an iron fist. But then again, there was a lot of people that wouldn't go against him and thought he was this great person, whereas it seems like Boba, he's not trying to put on illusion at this point. He's just trying to say, 
hey, I'm a good dude. Let's just let's do business. I you know I don't see him lasting long as a crime boss. That's how he's gonna roll. He's gonna have to take out a few people. Maybe he doesn't need to quite torture them, but there's gonna be need to be some prices there, Boba. Boba, be strong, Boba. Maybe uh, the sarla being inside the sarlacc pit and being slowly digested softened him up a little bit, or the Tuscan thing. I mean, I guess they could make that argument. We're gonna see more what happened with the Tuscan Raiders that uh, picked up Boba after uh, he came out of the sarlacc pit. So maybe that's where the softness came, and you could see the caring, maybe the youngling or something. Started to care more after being in the Sarlacc pit. Really be interesting. I uh, look forward to more of the Book of Boba, as well as the other Star Wars shows we will be getting in uh, 2022, where I believe we're having the Andor series, the Cassian Andor from uh, Rogue One, which is a prequel to Rogue One. And uh, I believe the Obi-Wan series comes out uh, this year as well. As there's <coughs> a lot to look forward to. I'm uh, looking at the uh, release schedule. Okay. For uh, Book of Boba. So we've got, I guess, uh, seven. It's seven episodes. As, uh, <coughs> do, do, do. It does say here, too, that every episode is going to range from like 25 minutes to 47 minutes in length. Which, man, 25 minutes, really? You're going to do that? <laughs> That's short. Can we make them all at least 40 minutes? Let's something. 25 seems like a real teaser, man. That seems. You really blue balling me here. I was uh, excited though to see Robert Rodriguez getting involved. He uh, directed episode one of uh, Book of Boba, so that's that's good stuff. Good stuff. There's uh, I would like to play some of the new Star Wars games too, which I believe they redid uh, the Knights of the Old Republic, which I never actually played because I never had. An Xbox. Um, let's see, let's updated release schedule, which I uh, was hearing something. Uh, Muffin Man was telling me that perhaps uh, they're post postponing the date release of the next Mandalorian, um, which sucks. It's a great show. They took it off their lineup, from what I understand. So I'm looking on here, maybe to see. So on GamesRadar.com, they sound legit. <laughs> I've seen stuff on there before. Uh, we've got uh, ooh, the Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie. That's uh, the director of Wonder Woman. Uh, is it Patty Jenkins? Yeah, she's uh behind that one. That one's supposed to come out next year at some point, 2023. Uh. Oh, Taika Waititi's movie still unreleased date. It's to be not not a whole lot of details on that one. I love fucking Taika Waititi. That one I'm excited over. 
Let's get some. Ugh. And then I'd l- I'd love to see the next Thor movie. I don't. I'm amazed I would ever say that too, seeing that uh, the first two Thor movies I could give a shit less about, but Thor Ragnarok was so good. <laughs> the Taika made so fantastic. But uh, I'll really give a little synapse on what they say here on that. Uh, Taika Waititi will direct an upcoming Star Wars movie co-written with Christy Wilson Cairns, uh, who helped script the Oscar-nominated 1917 and Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. No other details have yet been announced other than the movie will be heading to cinemas. Indeed, there's no release date, though Disney has two Star Wars movies penciled in the calendar, one for December 2025 and one for 2027. Chances are YTT's movie will be one of those. Uh, Taika's approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique, Kathleen Kennedy said. His enormous talent and sense of humor will ensure that audiences are in for an unforgettable ride. Uh, I tend to go down for that little sincerity uh, alleyway in my films, YTT has said of the film. I like to fool the viewer into thinking, ha! It's this, and then them going, damn it, you made me feel something. Taika will have a lot on his plate in the meantime. The director is currently working on Thor, Love, and Thunder, which will release this year, and a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory animated series for Netflix. <sighs> Ryan Johnson still has a Star Wars movie trilogy in the works. Son of a bitch. I, I don't want to read about that. That fucking shit fucking last jedi shit you bastard <laughs> uh then kevin feige's got a star wars movie the release date's still unknown the uh he's gonna helm a star wars movie that's interesting um jd dillard star wars movie I don't, this is all the movies i don't want to know about the movies I don't, here we go new star wars shows you know these movies are really there's Oh, wait, hold on. There's another, any more Star Wars movies here? Story movies? As in, like, uh, Rogue One, that sort of thing. The ho- uh, Solo movie. Uh, the original plan with Disney bought Lucasfilm were up- upwards of $4 billion was to release standalone anthology movies between all new saga episodes. And that the two-year gaps between The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker were to be punctuated by Rogue One and Solo. And at one point, it looked like there'd be a third Star Wars story after The Rise of Skywalker. Then the relatively disappointing box office performance of Solo prompted Disney to rethink the strategy, put the spinoffs on hold, and then that turned into the company pivoting to Disney+. Plus. Solo's conclusion was clearly setting up a sequel. There were also multiple reports concerning a standalone new Star Wars movie centered on Boba Fett, first with Fantastic Four director Josh Trank at the helm, after that, according to reports that were never confirmed by Disney, Logan's James Mangold. However, this morphed into The Mandalorian and later Fett's own spinoff show. The other frontrunner for a standalone movie was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Indeed, there were various similarly unconfirmed reports, one apparently leaking in the synopsis that Disney and Lucasfilm had an uh, Obi-Wan project in the works with Billy Elliot director Stephen Daldry attached like the Boba Fett solo movie, the Obi-Wan spinoff has also changed into something new. A Disney Plus spinoff series telling the tale of the wise Jedi Knight between episodes 3 and 4. But before that, some more on The Mandalorian. It's Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, shit. 
season three is to be announced. Um, it says here, before the first season of The Mandalorian reached Disney+, Plus, we had confer- confirmation that season two was being developed. Then months before season two started, a third season was announced. However, when exactly The Mandalorian season three will arrive is unknown. Showrunner John Favreau has confirmed Mandalorian will return <laughs> return soon after the book of Boba Fett, indicating that Din Djarin will be back at some point in 2022. Yet this remains unconfirmed. Also of note, the Rangers of the Republic spinoff has been seemingly absorbed into other Star Wars projects after Disney cut all ties with Gina Carano, the actor behind Cara Dune, who was meant to lead the project. I feel like this might be an older article because I. Th- thought heard that things were back on with her okay this was 13 days ago so i guess not i guess maybe that's still a thing unless their reporting's just not that great oh here we go here's the obi-wan little, little shit on that release date 2022 that would be this fucking year now hello there just a week before disney's biannual d23 expo in 2019 Reports emerged that an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show was on the way, with Ewan McGregor back as the Jedi Master. At the event, McGregor joined Kathleen Kennedy on stage to confirm that, yes, finally, he would be returning to the iconic role in a new series. The Scottish actor hasn't played Obi-Wan Kenobi on screen since 2005's Revenge of the Sith, although he made a brief return in a voice cameo during Rey's vision in The Force Awakens. The same goes for Hayden Christensen, who will return as Darth Vader for the series. The rivals will come to blows in the Disney Plus series. It has been confirmed. Fans have also been waiting long enough, uh, McGregor said during Disney's colossal investors call. Deborah Chow, who will act as showrunner and direct the episodes, revealed the series will take place 10 years after the Revenge of the Sith, this is quite a dark time that we're coming into with him just being a Jedi. It's not safe. There's Jedi hunters out there. The most beautiful thing of all is that it's brought me back together with Hayden McGregor added. It'll be amazing to bring those characters back together again very unexpectedly. Having another swing at each other might be quite satisfying for everybody. We hope that you enjoy it as much as we're going to enjoy making it. And there's the Rogue One spinoff Andor, which I had mentioned uh, earlier, uh, also coming out this year. A little less high profile, but still noteworthy nonetheless. It, it it's uh, speaking of Narcos. I mean, you got Diego Luna from Narcos. He played uh, Felix Hernan- uh, Gallardo, <laughs> Hernandez, Felix Gallardo, uh, in Narcos Mexico. And I uh, love me some Diego Luna, but there's a Rogue One prequel coming to Disney Plus with Diego Luna reprising his role as Rebel Alliance spy Cassian Andor and Alan Tudyk returning as the droid K2SO. Good deal. I love me some K2SO. That's good stuff to hear. Uh, the new series is being billed as a rousing spy thriller. will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. Um... I mean, I'm already aboard. All you had to say was uh, Diego Luna for me there. But uh, Tony Gilroy, who took over directing duties of Rogue One from Gareth Edwards during production, created the new series. Stellan Skarsgård, Adria Arjona, Fiona Shaw, Denise, Gal, Kyle Soler, and 
Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma have all joined the cast. And then uh, we've got other shows, of course. The Ahsoka, still not uh, any release date on that one. But, uh, yeah, basically Rosario Dawson will uh, we'll be back for that, uh, playing Ahsoka. And then Lando show, which I'm all on board for that. I love uh, Donald Grillover as Lando Calrissian. I thought he was great in Solo. Release date on that, still not confirmed. Oh, it says here, everyone wants to see more of Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Yes. Yes, please. However, whether Glover will return as the character remains unclear. Damn it. Though Calrissian will return in his own show simply titled Lando, Justin Simeon, creator of Dear White People, will act as showrunner Lando is in the early stages of development. And there's the Acolyte. Uh, still no release date on that, which I guess... Uh, Natasha Leone is uh, involved in that. It says, a week after the Mandalorian Season 3 inner development, news emerged that a female-centric new Star Wars series being worked on with uh, Leslie Headland, the co-creator and executive producer of the Netflix Netflix series Russian Doll. Oh, that's why they're showing the picture of her. On board as showrunner, sources revealed at the time that the series takes place in a different part of Star Wars timeline uh, than other projects, and now thanks to the huge Disney investors call, we know that to be true. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era, reads the official synopsis. High Republic era is around 350 years before The Phantom Menace, and this will be the first time the period is explored on screen, which, I don't know, could be good, could be bad, I don't really know much about it. I mean, see a trailer. I mean, it's Star Wars. I'm going to get excited about it. There's a droid story coming up. Uh, there's the Bad Batch Season 2. None of them, I guess, have uh, announced any kind of release dates. But uh, for me, the Obi-Wan. I mean, I'd like to see the Ahsoka. But the Obi-Wan, like, holy fuck. Give me the Obi-Wan. I'd like to see the Andor. And, uh, and, you know, I'm going to enjoy watching the rest of Boba. But I really, I guess most of all, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Which I would imagine most Star Wars fans, like, that's probably the one that is uh, number one on their uh, wish list to see in this coming year of 2022. Although I would like to see a Taika Waititi Star Wars movies, movie, movies plural would be good too as well though. I mean, I did like them in Mandalorian as IG Eleven or uh, eighty eight. I get them mixed up. I think it's IG Eleven in Mandalorian, whereas the uh, assassin droid bounty hunter. So I think IG eighty eight that was in Empire Strikes Back. Could be wrong. Could be wrong on that. Maybe I got it reversed or something. But, uh, yeah, he, Taika Waititi. I could watch him make a movie about anything, like the, a loaf of bread. Taika Waititi's involved? I'm down. I'm I'm in it. I'm in like Flynn. I mean, Jojo Rabbit, he's done some good shit. Jojo Rabbit's a great film where the kid's uh, imaginary friend is Hitler. You just see, there's a lot of comedy, but also you see, like, the grim reality of the last days 
of World War Two for like the German people. What what was really going on around there? I feel like you get a genuine feel for what was going on. Unlike the Darkest Hour with the, <laughs> which I guess is an entertaining film, but uh, it's got Gary Oldman playing uh, Winston Churchill, and uh, <laughs> there's some scenes in there. I was like, man, I'm pretty sure this never fucking happened. And of course, after I watched the film, because it's on Netflix currently, they p- put it on Netflix, I guess, a couple weeks ago. And I was watching, I was like, man, I'm I'm pretty sure this didn't happen. I mean, I know a little bit about Winston Churchill and all. But they really took some liberties with that film. It definitely is just like, uh, how could we make Winston Churchill look like the greatest leader of all time and then make a movie out of it? That's basically what they did. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> he did some good things. I mean, he stood up to Hitler, and from what I understand, he was uh, one of the first people to really say in England to be like, uh, like Hitler's a bad dude, you know. We need to stop that. But then again, you know, uh, Churchill did some bad shit as well. What happened in India and what uh, the British, like, starved out a lot of the people and stuff under Churchill. They did some not-so-great things. He was pro colonialism and stuff, but then again, he's per- he helped stop Hitler. So there's there's that, and it, from what I understand, Churchill was very much, uh, I guess he put out several books on history and about himself as well, and really, I think helped write the narrative of uh, who he was and the history of himself. So I guess you know, if you're the one that's going to write the book. It's a lot easier to uh, make yourself seem a lot better, you know? Um, <laughs> that being said, I guess The mo- Darkest Hour is an entertaining film. Uh, but the the scene that they really, I feel like they really shouldn't have done is there's a scene where, like, right before they're going to decide whether or not they should surrender to Germany after uh, France capitulated like uh surrendered to germany like uh <laughs> which isn't exactly how this went down like none of this um which there were people that wanted to surrender make like a peace treaty with germany and stuff but it didn't go down like it did in the movie uh from what i understand like at all <laughs> but uh churchill is going to make this speech to parliament and he goes to on the subway to ride with the normal people and talk and takes their opinion of it. Like, Hey, do you think we should stand up to Hitler? <laughs> Which, uh, Churchill was from the aristocracy. He'd been born into that and everything. Not really a man of the people. Not really. And, uh, but, uh, I, I mean, I have heard some stories. I don't know if they're true or not of like, uh, during world war two, of some pretty crazy things that Churchill did do uh, with supposedly him like uh, being in bunkers with normal people and stuff like riding out the uh, the bombs. I feel like there was times where like he went out during air raids and still like went out side. And uh, one of the craziest stories I've heard of Churchill though is, isn't so much what he did as though his doctor did where uh, 
Churchill had had a heart attack, and I think it was on one of his trips to America to uh, speak with Roosevelt about uh, entering in the war or something about collaboration between the United States and the UK at that point. But uh, he had a heart attack, and his doctor decided he should probably not know that (laughs) and did not tell him because it was too important for him to do what he was doing than to worry about a fucking heart attack. (laughs) That's some crazy shit. Apparently he was a real big drinker though. And they really uh, do portray that in the film. He was, I mean, there's no apparent, I mean, there's plenty of footage of him with booze and stuff. He's smoking a cigar all the time. I do feel like though that they did make him look a little bit worse in the movie than he did in real life. I mean, not to say that he looked like uh, the uh, (laughs) picture of, you know, perfect health uh, when he was prime minister. But Gary Oldman's uh, Churchill, man, he looks pretty fucking rough. Pretty fucking rough. Ah. But, uh, but yeah. And, uh, think about what else I recently watched. I was earlier watching, uh, some true crime stuff on, uh, the, uh, Times Square killer. It's okay. It's more like talking about what was going on in New York at the time. It seems kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of weird how they set it up. But Ron Howard oh, produced it, so... Yeah, but, and shit, I, Cobra Kai season four is out, and I haven't watched any of that yet, but I know I've got to, uh i got to get in on that action. I mean, I'm sure Elizabeth, she's still in it. She was in season three, and then I do not recall the actor's name, but he was the bad guy in Karate Kid part three, the Trey. <laughs> and uh, he's he's back in it. They're kind of running out of people, I think, though, to bring back from the original uh, uh, movies. Movies, unless they start going with like Hillary, the Hillary Swank one, and stuff. Maybe they will. Maybe I, I wonder if they'll have Hillary Swank in there. But uh, I don't think she ever knew Daniel De La Russo or anything. But uh, she knew Miyagi, so maybe. Maybe they'll start pulling in the uh, stuff from the uh, Jackie Chan reboot, too. Somehow that'll be connected. I doubt it. So I think those are different worlds. But, you know, maybe they could do, like, a multiverse situation. <laughs> and they could pull it in through the same rift that Ant-Man, you know, went through or Doctor Strange. And now those worlds will be intertwined. Karate Kid and the MCU. And then... uh you could pull in Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith just so we could have the jacket on. Jacket off. Because that's what they need to be doing in uh, Cobra Kai is the jacket on. Jacket off. <laughs> feel like they'll be much better fighters. Much better fighters. If they can master the jacket on. Jacket off. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I'm going to Google search jacket on, jacket off and just see where, like, cause I'm still to this day. I never did watch the reboot. So maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. 
And I'm just <laughs> wondering who actually came up with that. Nope. 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 Uh, let's see here. There is a jacket on. Jacket off. Uh, let's see here. Um, there's jacket on, jacket off gifts. That'll be something. Uh, somebody's got a. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm finding some things from that Karate Kid. <laughs> here we go. There's some questions on. <laughs> Let's see here. For 2010, I guess that's whenever it came out. There's a article in the New York Times. Maybe they have got some. I want to know who the fuck came up with that. Why they decided to do that. This is a. Let's see here. And damn it. Getting all kinds of shit I don't want to see. Um. I just want to know about the jacket on, jacket off. They're going too much into the whole thing here. I want to know why they cho- thought that was a good idea to jack it off in a kid's movie. Um, usually that's a bad idea. Yeah, it doesn't look like this article really gets into that. But let's see what Kiora.com uh, has to say about it. There's an article in it. Is learning kung fu by picking up and putting down a jacket as shown in the Karate Kid movie a legitimate method? I'm going to say no. <laughs> Me personally. But Simon Cummins says, By no means Bruce Lee, but uh, have practiced martial arts for a number of years. Uh, it's a legitimate method to do some things. Ooh, really? Exercise certain muscles, movements similar to those used in a martial arts move. Learn to respect your teacher. Learn commitment. It's not a way to learn what attacking is coming. Uh, what attack is coming? Learn the timing of applying a block to that attack. Learn to actually block effectively. You need to practice the block to do that. So it's not totally worthless, but it's uh, certainly not the whole story either. But learning a martial art takes many years, so you need to shorten it for a movie. And that was in a similar sort of way to the wax on, wax off stuff in the original movie. Uh, wax on, wax off. Also, in the same same in terms of what it helps and doesn't. Kavita Pawar says, Yes, you can say it's a legitimate method as it made him familiar to that kung fu pattern. I bring videos on the related stuff on my YouTube channel named uh, Flipaholic Mania. Ted Cord, a geology earth science educator from 98 till now, says uh, that scene was more about teaching the kid to follow directions and do each motion with intent. Uh, P.S. That movie was not Jackie Chan's best. Um, I want to see just why no one's really delving into the fact that he says jack it off. (laughs) Tell the kid to jack it off. Uh no, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, this is all like serious discussion about karate and uh martial arts. No one's I feel like no one's talking about the big elephant in the room here. In a child's movie you're telling jack it off. Jack it off, kid. Jack it off. <laughs> uh <laughs> There's gifts. Let's see what these gifts are. I mean, 
That's just people taking their jacket off. Jacket off gif. Jagging it off. Uh no. Yeah, I'm not really uh <laughs> There's a show or movie scene where they chant jack it off, jack it off. Hmm. That's a, some Reddit thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. St- I guess this mystery will not be solved unless I talk to Jaden Smith or Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, I feel like, is not going to know what the fuck I'm... He's probably not even going to remember. He's like, I played Mr. Miyagi. I mean, Jackie Chan's probably like in his 70s or so now. And I'm sure he just, you know, c- cashed in on a paycheck. Big paycheck for that one. I feel like Jaden Smith might might know, might remember. I'd have to look at maybe hunt down the writers for the script. I feel like it was a studio executive that came up with that though. Maybe though, maybe it was Jackie Chan. Maybe it was Jackie Chan because there is some like element of like, oh, showing you taking the jacket off. I guess maybe I'm the only one that goes dirty with that when I hear the jacket on, jacket off. That is not a. <laughs> There's got to be other people that hear that and be like, "There's you're." Uh, I mean, the kid's going to jack off anyway, I guess. <laughs> They're going to figure out how to do it anyway. They got a hand, a penis. They're going to eventually put one and two together and come up with the white substance that comes out only when you jack it off. It just ends up uh, being a natural thing, unfortunately, or fortunately, because I guess in the end, if it wasn't natural for us to end up jerking off and like figuring out how that works, then uh, the human race wouldn't have populated this much, and I wouldn't be able to speak into this microphone if we didn't all come from come at some point. <laughs> As my mind is just going down some weird rabbit holes tonight, so I'm still just <laughs> wondering why they said jacket on, jacket off. Uh. And I, I, watching that true crime stuff about the uh, New York killer there earlier, the Times Square killer, there's some dark shit in it. I mean, he did some horrible shit to, to women. And uh, they go into the atmosphere of New York City in the 70s and early 80s there where it was just peep shows everywhere, live sex shows, and just uh, a lot of crime lot of prostitution and stuff and how unsafe it was for uh the sex workers of the day and uh just reminds me of all those old movies that took place in new york taxi driver action and stuff though at the same time like it's like man i'm glad i i haven't had to live in an area like that that was that bad but then at the same time like be kind of exciting to go to a seven, 1970s New York <laughs> just for a day I mean I'd be maybe carrying a uh, knife or something in my pocket be a little concerned about safety around me um, but there is something about it I guess I, I could never do like a peep show or something there's something about watching you know watching somebody bait and stuff on a webcam seems totally different but you go to an actual place uh, and see 
like you're in a group with other people. Like I realize like peep shows like you're in a booth by yourself usually, but that's very I don't know, it just seems so unclean and just kinda awkward. <laughs> and knowing that other people have jizzed in that room, like right before you did, like there's jizz on the walls and stuff. And uh it just seems kinda nasty and filthy. Like I feel like I'm gonna get a disease just by op- touching the door handle. Especially these days. I mean, you can get COVID probably, right? <laughs> at least you from that place. Because COVID sticks to, like, uh, liquid stuff real easy. So if you got, like, semen around, you know, it could just be hovering in it. You got semen on the chair. and I doubt there's, like, people going in there after each dude jerks off and, you know, bleaching the whole place and all that stuff. Probably not. And you know the dudes are these guys that are going there jerking off are probably going to go like, you know, I'm going to see if I can get my jizz in this hole or in this nook or crevice over here. They're going to do some weird shit. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. I always felt weird going to, uh, like, when I first started going to a porn shop when I was 18, which I haven't been in a porn shop in many years now. I mean, why would I need to? I can go on the internet and see all the porn I want <laughs> and not have to step foot in a porn shop. Uh, but, man, it was it was so weird. There was a, I don't know if it's still there. It probably is. There was a porn shop up in St. Clair that apparently somebody had set on fire at one point and they had to rebuild. Um, but we would, uh, uh, I would usually not go there by myself. Um we usually go there with like a few buddies like, hey, let's hit the porn shop, pick a couple of porns up. What a way for guys to bond, you know, like, hey, let's go to the porn shop, get a couple of VHSs, some of those newfangled DVDs they got up there. They are always like super expensive too. I don't know if it's because of like taxes they would put on porn or, or what, but at the time – when I first started going, I was 18, like VHS were still the bigger, uh, more in supply format to watch films on. And DVDs were already, had started to come in, but there wasn't a whole lot of them out there. So you, at that point in time, you were getting VHS porn. And, uh, <laughs> we go there. Like a fucking porn, like if the new ones, like the more popular ones too, they'd be like 40, 50 bucks. You could find some shittier ones for, you know, like 30. Uh, But then they had, uh, there was like, if it was a vivid porn from Vivid Entertainment, that'd be like 50 bucks generally, 45, $50, something like that. And then it was like Wicked Entertainment was like a cheaper, not so good film company. You could maybe get a 30, $35. But then they'd have deals. You buy two, you get get one free or some shit. I don't know. They had, like, deals. And you usually, like, just try to go for the deals. You know, I was 18 year olds. I was an 18-year-old. Uh, I didn't have much, much cash. But, you know, I'm going to buy this fucking porn. <laughs> uh, it was always a weird thing going there. And uh, the, it seemed like all the time... Regardless, and I've been to a couple of porn shops now as an adult, and uh, I've always felt weird about the people that work in a porn shop. Although I've met people that worked in porn shops, didn't seem real creepy. Every time it seemed I went to a porn shop, 
the dudes kind of seem kind of kind of weird, kind of creepy. Kind of like, man, please tell me you don't have an underage girl like fucking locked in your basement or something or in the the side room. There's something weird going on with you and just hope you're not like some deranged serial killer or some shit. Just some rapist. I don't know. But they they would have, they would seem kind of weird. Always seem kind of weird. I remember <laughs> uh there was a uh, I don't remember if I was with him or not. I know Jackman had asked one of the guys at the porn shop because there was this uh this massive butt plug, like a I'm talking like fucking massive, like bigger than your fucking arm, at least the width. The width was fucking insane on this thing, and they had it there for a long time. And Jackman had asked if could anybody really fit that <laughs> in their asshole, and uh. Making conversation with the, the the video store clerk, the adult porn shop clerk, and uh, the, it apparently went into a story of uh, that had somebody had, I guess, tried it out in the bathroom and then just brought it back, which would think you wouldn't allow people to do that, but maybe. That makes me definitely not want to ever buy a sex toy from a form shop. <laughs> that, oh, you can just try this on in our bathroom. Just go in the bathroom. Shove this up your ass. You don't like it? Good. Bring it back. We'll put it back on our shelf. Get your, uh, y- your shit all over it. Hopefully they, you know, use some Lysol on it or something. I don't know, fucking bleach on that toy afterwards. Something, man. I don't want a butt plug that's been up somebody else's ass and then shoved up my ass. That's, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't really prefer to shove anything in my ass, but definitely something, not something that's been in somebody else's ass, which now brings me back to getting a prostate exam. I'm having flashbacks of that. The doctor shaking my hand after he stuck his finger up my ass. That, uh, feel like he could have easily been a, clerk at a adult porn shop <laughs> uh but uh but yeah that was fun times we used to have there was a, a thing where we were like you know what let's make a trip to the porn shop and I'd get like two or three friends we'd like i'll go to the porn shop and then like buy or uh because it was you know it was a good little trip for you know like an 18 year old that's not used to like one, having the gas money to go anywhere, but also, you know, it's, shit, it was, I don't know, it's like a 20, 30-minute ride, whatever the hell it is, St. Clair from here. Haven't had any, since, <laughs> I hadn't had to go into a porn st- shop for a long time, and I don't have any friends that currently live in St. Clair that I'd go visit. I have no reason to go to St. Clair, <laughs> so. But I would go a lot of times with the, uh, whenever I was in 18 to like 20 or so. It was a lot of trips to the porn shop. Like, let's get some cash. Let's get some good baiting material. <clears throat> but it didn't take too long before the online stores where you, like Adam and Eve and such, where you could get buy DVDs and stuff online, and they were so much cheaper than going to the porn shop. You just have them mailed right to you. You don't have to have this awkward conversation with the guy behind the counter that just looks like he's done just horrible shit 
to people or he's just like, you know, just jerking off to the most fucked up, disgusting stuff. Like he's probably into scat. He's probably into scat. I'm looking at that guy. I'm going to say he's probably into scat. He likes shit. Like two girls, one cups, not, not far enough for this guy. He wants the full deal. He wants to see the full feature, hungry bitches. And just, ugh. <laughs> but that could just be all in my head. Maybe these are the nicest, coolest people you'd ever meet. Uh, of course, I again, I've I've met some people, talked to people that that did work at porn shops, and they seem like fine people. Like like okay, like you know, they weren't crazy. That I that I know of, though. You know, maybe for that little period of time they worked at a porn shop, that would have been into some crazy shit. Who knows? <laughs> My mind has a, w- a way of doing some weird stuff when I meet people to creating like big backstories for them. Why I have no idea. I know that uh, I don't do this so much now, but back in the day when I would drive around and I would just like look at all the cars that would pass by and stuff, I would just start making up stories for the people passing by, just imagining what is going on. Because if you think about it, any day that you are around people, they're passing you on the street, they're driving by, walking by, whatever, you have no idea what's going on in their life unless you know that person you can and you talk to them, whatever. Like, get it. You know, their their wife could have just died. Uh, this woman just killed a guy that tried to rape her. There's... There's all kinds of fucking stories out there. I mean, not everything has to involve death. Uh, but there could be some bad stuff. There's probably some good stuff. These, this person just got married. Somebody just got, you know, proposed to. Then there's this sick fuck over here that's uh, just masturbated in it into a bag and then, like, uh, put it on a cat. Did some weird shit. <laughs> like, there's really... There's, like, uh, man, but there's always these stories going on all around us that we're completely unaware of, you know, like when there's somebody driving really insane on the road, like you don't know why they're doing it. They're just a fucking asshole. They just drive like that all the time or they just robbed a bank or <laughs> the just found out their spouse is cheating on them. There's like, you know, there's all kinds of fucking fucked up reasons or there's a pregnant person in the car that's about to give birth and, uh, got to get to the hospital or they're just on some kind of drugs. There's just so many different stories going on at all times. It's a very interesting thing. It's just always uh very interesting to me, but uh I guess I guess I'm good here. As now it appears I'm just like rambling on about uh how weird my brain is. <laughs> and and people at poor shops. <laughs> uh but, uh, yeah, I guess I'm good here, and uh, hopefully 2022 is going to be a lot better than 2021 and that fucking 2020. Huh? Slightly less of a dumpster fire. Let's make it just just slightly less of a dumpster fire. Can we do that? All right. So, uh, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.